Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. In this episode, we will be having a superhero media roundtable and discussing Season 3 of Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Well, if you did not notice in our intro, Ozzy is not here this episode, so it's very unfortunate, but it is his birthday, so happy birthday to Ozzy, and have fun with that, don't get too crazy, um, <laughs> and we I'm just going to try to hold the floor down myself, and I decided, you know what, we're not going to have a normal episode while Ozzy's gone, no, I'm going to get a little crazy here. And we're pushing back our, actually, we're pushing back our arrival, our arrival review. And we are going to be, instead be doing kind of a roundtable discussion type thing. So I decided to bring in people who were not afraid to share their more negative opinions of something that is very popular. And that is superhero media. And by that, I mean superhero movies, superhero TV, all that kind of stuff. So it should be really interesting. So I'll I will introduce my little panel here. I will start with the person that has been on the episode. He was on our last episode, I believe. Um, he's been on the last couple, or he's been kind of in and out these last few. Jesse Swank is back with us. How are you doing, Jesse? Oh, I'm doing good. How about you, Carlos? I am pretty good. I am very excited for this episode. Very excited. It should be interesting and hopefully yes. chaotic. And now I will also introduce somebody who has actually been on this podcast before. I don't exactly remember what episode you were on. I can't remember the number, but we we previewed some movies. We talked some Game of Thrones. It was a good time. Niall, how are you doing, now? I'm doing good, buddy. Miss you. How's everything been? It's been pretty good. I'm just churning out episodes over here. How's school going down there? School's going good, man. Happy to be on. Yeah, definitely. And finally, I will introduce the a first-time guest on this podcast, somebody who I've had in mind for quite a while. He was my roommate last year, and he's definitely very knowledgeable when it comes to movies. The biggest Nolan fan that I know it is Jared Wood. How are you doing, Jared? Hey, my name is Jared, and I'm new. <laughs> anyway, um... Man, are you guys excited to be on? What are you, what, you guys ready to talk superhero stuff? Yeah, let's Ecstatic. do it. I'm ready to share my unpopular opinions. <laughs> yes. this Basically, we've had our unpopular opinion segment on the podcast before. This might be an unpopular opinions just episode, honestly, um, with Jared and Niall especially. <laughs> um, it should be... Exciting. Um, I just want to get a f- few house cleaning things off the board r- right as we start. Like I said, Arrival and probably another movie review will be pushed back to our next episode. We're not going to have any TV recap today as well, just because this is, again, a really weird episode. And um, I think that's basically it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. And then also... I just finished watching The Crown. Jesse, you watched it with me. Yeah. Highly recommend, right? Yes. We're we're throwing a little... Excellent. I've been been, uh, recommending that to, like, everybody. Oh, dude. It's it's legit. Uh, Netflix, The Crown, highly recommend it. And then um, I've actually, even though we haven't, um, we're not going to review Arrival, Jared and I have already seen it, and 
It was, it was spectacular. Yes, yeah, that's the, our little short mini one-word review. Highly recommend it. Um, wait for our full review coming on the next episode of the podcast. Anyway, um, let's get into our superhero kind of discussion here. And let's start with the MCU. That's obviously the most prevalent of the superhero media probably and we're going to start stick with the movies because i know they're uh, the shows are considered part of the mcu we'll get to those shows eventually let's start start with the movies here um let's start a little let's start with jared jared i know you have your opinions about the mcu what are your thoughts overall on the mcu and i know you haven't actually seen dr strange yet but so far what are your thoughts on the mcu for the most part it's I hate most of the movies. Um, <laughs> I there I like Iron Man one. Like actually enjoy Iron Man one. Okay. Um, some of the movies I tolerate. Like I'll watch um, Winter Soldier. I enjoyed. Um, that's about it. <laughs> that's all you I'm got. I'm pretty sure I can't. I can't think of any others. Not but. even Civil War, really. Civil War was decent. I didn't <laughs> love it. I didn't really enjoy oh, it that Oh, man. Much. All right. So that, that's it. your basic thoughts on that. We'll dive a little deeper into why exactly you are not a big um, MCU fan in a second. But let, let's go to um, Jesse here. What are your overall thoughts on the MCU? I really enjoy the MCU. Uh, I can definitely see faults in it here and there. But overall, as long as I come away having fun with it, then I'm... I'm, I'll, I'll like it. So. All right. Fair enough. All right, Niall, now we'll go to you. What is your thought on the MCU? <laughs> okay. Um, well, <laughs> honestly, Carlos, for me, it's just a case of too much of a good thing. It's just been way too many movies and way too much stuff to keep up with and just end up watching that I get tired of watching the same thing. So when a movie comes out, like Doctor Strange that is a little different or maybe Guardians of the Galaxy that kind of takes a different side to the MCU and it shows you something different. I do end up jo enjoying those movies a lot more. But the same repetition of the movies like Avengers and Captain America and the Iron Man movies, they they, they just get old and, and I get tired of them and I don't feel like watching them. I stop enjoying those movies. So it's for me, it's less of I don't think they're bad movies. I just I'm just tired of them. So you, you kind of view them as almost formulaic then? Yeah, for me, yeah. They, they, I mean, they follow the formula of a good popular movie, don't get me wrong, but for me it's just it's just the fatigue of, of watching superhero movie after superhero movie and that being pretty much the same movie over and over again. It, it gets annoying. Okay, so I, I think for you, um, based on what you've told me before and what you kind of said here, for you it's almost... Uh, it's you have textbook superhero fatigue, basically, at this point, correct? Yeah, basically. I have textbook superhero fatigue. I think that's kind of what it is for you, almost. Um, Jared, is it? do you think for you it's more superhero fatigue, or do you think for you it's the more the formula of it that makes you angry? <laughs> I'd say it's a little bit of both. Um, I definitely think I enjoyed them more when I was younger and when they first were coming out. It was a lot of more um, hype around them, a lot more fun. I remember mm -hmm. I loved the Avengers when it first came out, and it wasn't until later when I was like, eh, I don't know if I love this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it's just 
but yeah, as I've gotten older, I've just kind of like not really been able to find any enjoyment in them. Um, it's definitely a lot of formula. Like I can definitely expect exactly. What, I, know, I know exactly what I'm going to get from every movie. Basically, mm-hmm. um, they never really surprise me. They never shock me. Um, and basically, yeah, it's just. I mean, like he, um, Niall said. Sometimes, like, the different ones, like, Guardians of the Galaxy was okay. Um, I didn't, still didn't absolutely love it, yeah, but it was, it was good. Um, <laughs> it was a good movie. Uh, I'll give you that. Like, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Okay. Uh, Jesse, you want to kind of start rebutting some of this stuff? I mean, okay, I definitely get the superhero fatigue thing. I'm not nearly as excited for superhero movies as uh, what used to be, except for stuff like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, like... Uh, I saw that it was going to be different, that it, it looked really different, so I, I was all over that. Um, I can definitely agree that I'm not all aboard anymore. But I'm, I still just really enjoy it. I think a lot of it, though, for me, goes back to I grew up loving superheroes and comics and all that stuff. So it's harder for me to not enjoy these a lot. So uh, I can see the formulas. All of them follow a formula, but that's kind of to be, ex- to be expected with any superhero story you tell. They're going to be, it's going to start out with a low, get to a high, further low, and then probably even out, if not end on a really high note. So that's, that's just the way any movie that you're going to have a, a hero fighting a villain is probably going to play out anyway. Yeah, um... Let's start off with the whole formulaic idea. We'll get to the superhero fatigue, the concept of superhero fatigue in a second. But for me, I just don't think that I get, I definitely see that there is a formula there, especially with the MCU. They do have a specific tone and I get how you can say they're all very similar in tone. And for me, I think that kind of you have to make them a very similar tone, especially if you have them in the same universe. It's just, it's something, because it wouldn't make any sense for one to be a more really serious tone and one to be more jokey where they're kind of throwing quips back and forth. And then by the time they had a movie where they all combined, it just wouldn't mesh. And one way or the other, the audience would be going, but that character shouldn't work in this universe. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, And then as for a formulaic story... I would actually say that a formula in and of itself is not inherently a bad thing. Um, I understand how that can maybe feed into your fatigue. And again, we'll get there in a second. But for me, a formula, a, a formula doesn't think about it this way. We had, um, let's look at the Indiana Jones movies, for instance, for, for the Indiana Jones movies, you have one, two, three, you have, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. And, uh, what's the last? Last Crusade. Last Crusade. And Last Crusade. They all basically follow the exact same storyline, the exact same plots, and they're basically pretty, pretty much all well received by critics and audiences. You, people will have their issues with the second one, but basically they're well received, right? The fourth one is the only one that completely breaks script. It doesn't exist. (laughs) <laughs> that's true. Um, it breaks script. It follows a different, like it doesn't follow the traditional Indiana Jones type story. And it's the one that's not well received. It was at the time, but now it has not become well received and audiences absolutely hated it. So for me, that, and you can even say this, maybe the star Wars movies, you can play that too as well. Like the, 
Um, the prequels were something different. They didn't follow the traditional Star Wars type story, and it kind of weren't, they weren't well received. So I for still me, deny that they're not good movies, though. What the prequels? Well, I enjoyed them. We we can have a completely different discussion about the prequels <laughs> one day, Nile. Let's yeah, not go down that rabbit hole. Jared, Jared is about to second. kill you. <laughs> I thought you were my friend, Nile. <laughs> like the prequels. Anyway, but so but do you guys see what I'm saying? Like for me, like a formula isn't inherently a bad thing because we have evidences throughout cinematic history of movies deciding, all right, we're going to break the formula, and then it being not a good idea. Well, like, here's the thing. I mean, it's not necessarily it wasn't a good idea that they broke the formula. If you you can break the formula and do a bad job, and true. that is ends up being a bad thing. But you look at Star Wars. I mean, everyone's critique of the fourth, or I'm sorry, the seventh, the seventh movie was that it was identical to A New Hope, almost line for line. And I wouldn't so, say that, but let's not go down this road. It was it was pretty dang close. Yeah, and there, there was a Death Star. You know, protagonist, orphan on a planet, desert planet. Like, it had pretty, pretty parallel storylines. I think you have a danger of definitely going down the wrong route when you try mm -hmm. to break the formula, but there is a right one out there, and you have to try to be brave enough to look for it. Otherwise, people end up getting tired of your movies. And I think Star Wars is on seriously on the verge of following that Marvel and DC superhero fatigue path. I think they don't have as much of an avenue to put out as many movies as the Marvel, the, yes. the MCU does on a, on a yearly basis. They put out like four movies. I think the Star Wars has it does does a good job of putting out just one movie a year, and I think that's going to help out. But I I definitely think that they need to try to venture out and find that right story that's out there and that doesn't follow the same formula. It's just a matter of doing it the right way. Um. Basically, with the Indiana Jones and Star Wars, mm -hmm. I've heard both those arguments, but I would say that I don't think breaking the formula was the bad part of the prequels or four. Okay. I think it was, uh, for, for example, going to Indiana Jones specifically, it was a lot of use of CGI. Uh, Harrison Ford was too old. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> Shia was LaBeouf. just not shouldn't have been Shia. in there. Um, there's just a lot wrong with everything in that movie and the storyline was far more over the top far less grounded in reality um it didn't it just wasn't it was too weird i guess it just wasn't an indiana jones movie at all it wasn't that it didn't like it wasn't that it broke like didn't break the formula um like it needed to follow like some specific formula it was just that it wasn't even like in the same universe, I guess, almost. It just yeah, felt that, like really weird. That's almost what I'm, what I'm saying. Like, it, it felt different. Like, and that in and of itself is that, like you just said, that's part of the, that was part of the problem with the movie is that it felt like this is an Indiana Jones. But why didn't it feel like it was an Indiana Jones? Was it just because of those things you were saying with Harrison Ford and with the CGI? I think it could have, like, done, broken off of the formula without. Um, just becoming com something completely different. Like, they could have explored a completely different storyline, but the way they pursued that s different storyline was just wrong, <laughs> for lack of better words. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like they had to have some kind of communist or fascist power happening. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they couldn't just have an adventure. They had to trade the Nazis from the original 
three. Well, I don't know. They weren't really in Temple of Doom, I don't guess. But they had to trade that out for the Soviets, trying to keep their formula, but then they just went too far out there mm-hmm. and tried to turn it from a supernatural kind of movie, like we'd grown to love, into a science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, all of those movies we're discussing have a common denominator of George Lucas. <laughs> True. <laughs> Fair enough. Um Man, it, it's really interesting because I, it's almost based on what you guys are saying. It's like there's a fine line that they need to kind of walk there. It's like you have to kind of veer off from the quote-unquote formula, but at the same time, you can't go too far. So it's almost like they don't have much wiggle room there. Either way, people are going to have issues with it, you know? Um, for me, Okay, you can go I there. Know, I know we're discussing, like, the MCU right now, yeah. but, like, basically the way... Like, I'm not just, like, criticizing them without reason. Like, when I criticize them, it's because I'm looking at the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm looking at the first two original Spider-Man movies. And I'm looking at, um, well, I guess, like, uh, First Class and Days of Future Past and the Mm -hmm. X-Men. Where they're completely same, but they follow completely different storylines from the movies. Like, no one's, like... Oh, they're, like, basically the same movie. They're just completely different, but you can tell they're in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Like, they're clearly the same movies and almost could... Like, the Dark Knight trilogy could be played as one long movie. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very, very different storylines. Um, do you think maybe part of the issue with the MCU um, is that it's a lot... Like, maybe... I don't know what the percentage would be, but a lot of them happen to be origin stories at this point. Do you think that's part of the problem? It could be. I... Oh, now, go. go for it. Okay. I, I don't think that the origin stories are a huge problem because they bring about a new character, and I think they, they actually do a good job of bringing about something new and something different. Like, my biggest problem, my biggest issue movies for me have been the sequels and the Avengers movies. For me, I, I the first Avengers I loved, but that was one of the first superhero movies I had seen. And all the and all the sequel movies. I mean, there was there was the there was a sequel to the Thor movie, which shall not be named. Um, there I'm was not talking about that. No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and th- there there was um, honestly the Winter Soldier, which wasn't my favorite. There was just for me the Winter Soldier was just too many plot holes. That's true. Um, that was that was an issue for me. And then Avengers two was 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 the I had the biggest issue with it just because it was just too childish of a movie for me and i i had i had so much more hope that it would be a lot different of a movie and it wouldn't feel the same and i think that and i think that that's 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 kind of what put put the superhero fatigue in check for me was avengers 2 because i had a lot of hope that it would be like a cool new different movie and it ended up just kind of being a reskinned avengers 1 with a different villain and I, I felt like you could kind of watch more or less the both movies together and there wouldn't be much difference to them other than the villain and the setting. They just they seem to me very bland movies. If that's a hmm. I, I'd say, I don't know if I'd use bland to describe the second Avengers movie. For me, it's more I have issues with the way that movie's edited and the way that story is it was very rushed and very um like, the pacing was all over the place in that movie. And that was more my issue with it. But I get where you're coming from um, to a point. To a point. Um, let's kind of move on, transition here, to the idea of superhero fatigue. Um, because that is a term that is thrown around on the Internet quite a lot. 
and people keep saying that like it's coming, superhero fatigue is coming, people are going to get tired of these movies, they're not going to make any money anymore, and this whole genre is going to die. Um, I know, Niall, you, it's interesting because you said that you, on this podcast right now, you just said that you are experiencing superhero fatigue. So do you, do you think that that is something that is almost inevitable with the rate that they're putting out these movies? Or do you think that it's more just something personal with you? Or what, what do you think it is? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I'd like to say that it's an, ineb- an inevitability, but the, but you look, you look at the figures. I mean, like people are still go- rushing to the box office. The box offices are exploding. Every single Marvel movie that comes out, even Suicide Squad, people rush to go see it. Mm-hmm. And it even, even, even if the, even the movies, they ended up not being that good. But I mean, you look at movies that are still honestly breaking records today. Mm-hmm. And just making them so much money at the box office, you you you'd think eventually people would get tired of it. But like you see the evidence of it today, and there, we've had like what thirty Marvel movies come out, and they're still doing incredibly well at the box office. I don't I don't I don't, I don't think that that's going to hit as many people as as they say it will. I think definitely the more frequent moviegoers are going to end up getting tired of it and just maybe missing a movie here or there. Mm-hmm. But I think they're almost too big to fail in that sense. Okay. Um, I think that's, uh, that's probably a good way to look at it, honestly, because it's, I think it is really an individual type thing. Like if you go to the movies all the time and you're not like a big, like comic book person, then I can definitely see that person kind of not getting tired of these movies. Um, where I don't see it is money and with, with it going, like ultimately going away. It's not going to happen. It's basically a genre yeah. in and of itself at this point. And that's like saying, oh, people are going to get tired of, uh, sci-fi movies and they're just going to disappear. That doesn't happen. I, yeah. I guess the comparison would maybe be Westerns. That genre has kind of faded away, but in a way it's almost making a comeback. So I, I don't know. It's like genres, um, ebb and flow there too. So maybe there's a point there. Um, for me, the main evidence, and I know people will say, oh, it was the marketing campaign, but I don't care. The marketing campaign was great, but if you have a rated R superhero movie make that much money that Deadpool made, the, yeah. the genre is not going away anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah, the, the whole Western thing, that's, that's what I was about to bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't, uh, just because like you don't look back and see like Western fatigue mm-hmm. back back then, like people were still flocking to go see these movies, and that's the main genre of movie that was coming out at the time. So, uh, but what really kind of killed it per, to, per se is that other genres became popular. So uh, we just have to look out like. Is there another genre on the horizon mm-hmm. that's going to that's gonna kill this off? Uh, right now, we don't see anything. So I don't think it's really going to fizzle out that much. Like you say, I think that there's some less avid comic book followers might stop coming. Mm-hmm. Just because they get tired of it, they're not super into it like a lot of people are. But the masses are still going to see a movie, especially within the MCU, with action and comedy that's still fairly friend, family friendly mm-hmm. that they can they can see by themselves and enjoy or take their family and see at the same time and it's going to bring in the money. It's not going to go away. True. 
and 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 that doesn't change the the fact that people that there's so many of these movies doesn't change the fact that they're all pretty fun movies to go see. Mm-hmm. And they're they're fun movies that anyone with their family is going to be willing to go watch and it's just like, "Hey, let's have a good time." For the most part, that's the biggest market for for these movies is the majority of people just kind of want two hours of a good time. They don't really want to go see some super artsy movie or something that'll make them sad or rethink their life. They just want to go have fun at the movie theater yeah. once a weekend or once every two, three, few weeks. That's what these movies are for. They're for people like that. And, and that market's never going to go away because you put out too much of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that uh, among, like, avid moviegoers, people who know what they're talking about, like, when they're watching movies, I think that this is well into the people are getting tired of it. Um, I've had friends that, like, were huge superhero fans, and now they're getting tired of it. Um, I think, and it's mainly going to happen, though, with avid movie watchers, just because um, they're, like, they're very fast-made movies. Like, the cinematography is that they don't put a lot of work into it. Like, there's been studies on it. They don't, you know, the um, thing about the scores, like, they don't put a ton of work into a lot of the mm-hmm. technical things. So people, they're fun movies, but they're not technically good movies in, mm-hmm. like, very many ways. The acting is kind of... Um, just dry um, compared to some other movies. So I think a lot of people who really love movies are kind of falling out of it, but um, it has become such a cultural thing um, to get your friends together. Hey, let's go see the new Marvel movie. Um, People do that all the time, go in big groups when no one does that really with any other movie or movie genre. No one says, hey, let's go watch this, you know, insert whatever. No no one says, let's go watch Arrival with a huge group of people. Um, it's just, it just happens with superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I think the only exception to that with like going the big group of people could be horror movies, especially True. around Halloween and stuff when those come out. Like people go in groups to see that because Definitely. they want to be scared. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, let's kind of transition. We'll, we'll kind of circle back to the MCU in a way in a little bit, but let's kind of transition to more Marvel, but owned by Fox. Let's kind of transition to the X Men universe here. Um, I'll start off with. Let me just say this. There is a strange section of the of the internet that hates Brian Singer and thinks that he ruined Star Wars. Or, not Star Wars. Ruined, um, well, maybe he did. I don't know. But he ruined the X-Men in general. I don't understand them. Brian Singer is, what, three for four on X-Men movies? He's made three great X-Men movies, in my, at least in my opinion and general consensus. And he's made one okay one. And too bad. He made the first two X-Men movies, and then he made the um, Days of Future Past. And then he made Apocalypse. So, for me, I don't understand that line of thinking. Brian Singer is, sh- should be worshipped at the altar <laughs> by X-Men fans, honestly. Like, he has kind of brought to life and made relevant an entire, just one section of the Marvel Universe... <laughs> By himself, basically. Like, that's impressive. And I don't understand the section of the internet that hates him. Um, it just blows my mind. Um, anyway, as for the other X-Men movies, they are very hit and miss, obviously. We have, um, well, I don't know. There's more misses than hits. Um, we have X-Men Origins, um, X-Men 3, not good. Um, the Wolverine, not too bad. It's, it's, I enjoyed the Wolverine. Yeah, I I like most of it. And then you have, what's the other one? I'm I'm blanking on it, but it's not, 
well, first class isn't bad as well, but that you got Matthew Vaughn and people like Matthew Vaughn. I'm not the biggest Matthew Vaughn fan, but I I, I like X Men First Class. Um, so what's your guys' overall thoughts on the X-Men universe, um, Brian Singer and his role in the X-Men universe? Jesse, let's start with you. Okay. First of all, I have not yet seen Apocalypse. I was out of the country when that came out, so I haven't seen it yet. But, um, I don't know. X-Men is very hit and miss with me, like you said. Um, Brian Singer gets way too much hate, I feel like. I feel like the whole... Because he kind of rebooted the franchise, Mm -hmm. he gets pegged with a lot of the blame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like you could with about anybody that starts a franchise. But, um, yeah, uh, I like a few that are more questionable, like like, uh, The Wolverine and stuff, but I generally agree with most people on the ones that are bad. The -hmm. thing with the X-Men universe is it's so complicated, especially now where they've been introduced time travel and... All this other stuff where it's just, it's complicated, hard to keep up with in your mind. There's a lot of history going on with all of these characters. So keeping that separated and all of the politics that come with that within the universe Mm -hmm. is just, I can understand why a lot of people just don't like it at all. Uh, For me, I enjoy most of them, I think. But they're not ones that I want to sit down and see all the time. Yeah, uh, well, Fox is always, their kind of rule of thumb with X-Men movies has been, like, F continuity. Like, they do not care about making having it make any sense and no. connected. Um, which, maybe that's part of the problem, because people are used to the MCU, in a sense, of it all being connected and making sense. I, mean, I don't know. They basically said in the movie that the third X-Men movie never happened. Yeah, basically. So. Um, which was actually a great move, considering erasing a lot of the bad movies with Days of Future Past, but then they went and screwed it up with Apocalypse. Anyway, Niall, <laughs> let's move on to you. What is your thought, or what are your thoughts on the X-Men franchise? Um, I mean, I kind of just stand with what's been said. I... I mean, I don't deny that they're enjoyable movies. Just kind of go see at a movie theater. I tend to not think of them as much as Marvel movies, just because it's it it, it they they are so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I haven't seen Apocalypse yet. I I saw Days of Future Past and First Class. I I I thought they were very very good movies. I thought once Days of Future Past hit and what was and gonna what I saw from from what was gonna happen in Apocalypse the timelines get confusing. They're confusing mm-hmm. movies to watch. I'm not really ever put off by that mm-hmm. as long as they're, as long as you can eventually pick up on it and the stories are fun and good and well done. Um, I, the X-Men movie, they're, they've just kind of been that elephant in the room that everyone's ignoring more or less for me. I just, I tend to not pay attention to them as much as I would other Marvel movies. I watch them and they're enjoyable though. Mm-hmm. That's I can't give too much of an opinion on them though. All right, fair enough. Um, Jared, how about you? I I don't really love like hardly any of them, but I do love First Class and Days of Future Past more than most of the Marvel movies. I thought those two movies were really well made, um, very grounded in reality. They really showed me like uh, I thought all the characters were really well written, um, mm-hmm. very different, and they just I thought they were really solid movies. I I get the time travel thing, like, it was definitely confusing, but I, they, like, you know, it's different, and they they went for it, and, you know, they yeah. 
they've owned it and it worked, I think. So. I, I would definitely agree when it comes to Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past is actually, I believe, in my top five, at least, for superhero movies, just ever. Um, I think it's a fantastic movie, honestly. Uh, first Class, I, I don't like it, as, like it as much as most people, but I think that has to do with... I, I'm not the biggest Matthew Vaughn fan in general, so I don't know. Maybe that's part of my problem. Um... I don't know. Like like you said, Niall, it's kind of like people kind of ignore the X-Men movies sometimes. It's like, yeah, they're there, but nobody really gets too, too excited about them. I, I don't know what that is, though. Maybe, what do you think, Jesse? They're just like, they're, they're the middle child of superhero right. movies. Yeah. I, that's a good way to put it, actually. They're kind of just, <laughs> like, it's like, because they were, it's almost like... Marvel it was like their parent, and they gave them up for a dot. Like they were like, "I don't want you." Stepchild. Yeah, stepchild that Marvel Step, didn't Stepchild want. works so well for that too, because they're still technically Marvel, but they're not. Yeah. So, really, they have their shining star though. Mm-hmm. Wolverine. Yes. Everybody. For now. He's yeah. For now, everybody generally dislikes uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, but. They like the Wolverine. He's been in in all of the X Men movies, and he's got Logan coming out soon, which I've heard nothing but praise about that trailer. That was one of the best movie trailers I've ever seen. <laughs> exactly. That that's why I say there. That's kind of the exception to the rule right now with what you're. Well, there's also now. there's also technically Deadpool out now too. True. True. Uh, and and I feel like from now on, Ryan Reynolds can do no wrong as far as superhero movies. He's one for three, but. Which, honestly, as big of a Deadpool fan himself that I am, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, which is controversial, I know. <laughs> but that's just my personal preference. Uh, I see the appeal, but to, to me, as eh. Anyway. And I just personally think that Ryan Reynolds is probably the most fit person for that role, or any role that has ever been like fit for a person. I think he's so perfect for that. Yeah, uh, he. I mean, he screwed up superhero movies before, but uh, now, <laughs> now he's not, found not, his niche. But now that he had, like, I feel like they gave him full liberty for this movie to do whatever the heck he wanted. Yeah, I think he was one of the main funders for it, was he not? Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, I mean, he wanted to make this movie his way, and I think he did a great job of it. And I think if we let Ryan Reynolds do Ryan Reynolds, then the Deadpool movies will pretty much be as good as they've been. Just keep giving him a bigger budget so he can make them better. I'm still nervous about Deadpool 2, though. They lost their director, and that's not a good sign. But anyway, um, you kind of, I, like I, like you said, it's kind of just like they're there. I, I do think that there is a great element, like there's one great movie in there, and people sometimes forget about it and look past it. And like you said, I think we're all kind of looking forward to Logan. Jared, you are as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that trailer was great. Um but let's move on to something that I think we're all going to kind of have some consensus on. Maybe not, depending on how you look at it and which movies you're looking at. Let's move on to the DC movies here. Um, the DC movies... Jeez. Jared, let's start with you. Okay, first of all, let's separate the Dark Knight trilogy from the DC movies. The Dark Knight trilogy being its own thing. Yes. And being perfect and okay. being... We acknowledge that the Dark Knight trilogy is amazing. Okay. All right, no, we're talking about the. And now we can move on. We're talking about the DCEU, like the current movies: Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Suicide Squad. And then moving forward, we have Wonder Woman, Justice League, all that nonsense. Okay. Well, starting off, 
I have not seen the last two movies because I do not care about them <laughs> at all. Um, wow. I didn't. I wasn't going to pay to see either <laughs> of those movies. Um, I saw Man of Steel. It was kind of meh. Um, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It's not exactly how I would describe it. Funny enough. Um, but yeah, the other two movies I could just tell from the Suicide Squad. I had a little hope for, um, but once the reviews came out, I could kind of see how it would go bad. But the um, Batman vs Superman, I could tell it was just going to be complete trash um, from the trailer, and I could tell exactly what was going to happen from the trailer. They basically gave the entire movie in the trailer, um, and so I had no interest in mm-hmm. seeing it. All right, Jesse, how are you? Okay, I, again, I haven't seen Suicide Squad. Um, it's not a bad thing, guys. I, yeah, I'm I, actually I, happy for you. I'm, I'm actually not not disappointed after what I've heard <laughs> that I haven't seen Suicide Squad. But, man, these DC movies, so much potential. Yep. So many good, promising ideas that just fell flat on their Face. Just flat on their daggone face. <laughs> like, I remember I, I went and saw um, Batman vs. Superman. And then uh, about two months later, I went on Netflix and I watched Justice League War. And basically the same concept of Batman, Superman, they don't like each other. They want to fight, but they don't because they want need to start the Justice League to protect the Earth. Like, it, like, if you wanted to make a Batman versus Superman movie, then do one post-Justice League. But if you, what you're trying to set up right now is to build a Justice League movie, then build a Justice League movie. Don't give us this crap about Martha. <laughs> oh, that's, my that, gosh. That's the whole movie. That, that just Martha. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Like, so much potential fell flat on its face. Now, Wonder Woman... I'm holding out hope. Me too. Justice League movie. I shouldn't be, but I'm holding out hope. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so scared. <laughs> All right, now how about you? Um, yeah, I'm just saying, like, same thing. And I mean, like, you watch these movies and you know there's a good movie in there. Mm-hmm. You see it and you see all the potential in these movies, and they just tried way too hard of making it. I feel like too good, and they tried to go way over the top of these movies. I mean, Batman vs. Superman had so many random things going on in the movie. I feel like if they could have just kind of, like, cut half the storylines out of the movie and focused on what they had, and maybe, like, teased, um, just, just teased the, uh, the extended universe and the multiverse, just little bits and pieces here and there, rather than, than, than try to set up this whole, just unbelievably complex thing, and then just try to like converge all the stories into one at the very end. I just thought it was so ridiculous and just too much. But yeah, I mean there's just like there's good movies in there. I mean like you see Suicide Squad, they cut out forty five minutes of the Joker for literally no reason and then they went and did a reshoot to make it funnier. They they I feel like I feel like the studios have a lot to do with why these movies aren't as good as they are. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am I allowed like, to go into a little bit of plot of the movie like spoilers or do you want to stay away from let's try to stay away let's try to stay away from it in general uh just just because okay um i'm just gonna say i'm, I'm okay. gonna try my hardest all right go for it but anyway one one prime example of what you're talking about nile to me is during batman versus superman that dr- that dream sequence oh my exactly Bruce has. Yes. i i left the theater i remember texting carlos or messaging carlos because i couldn't text but um <laughs> like 
asking him, what in the world was that thing? What what just happened? And he was like, oh, I think it was a flash forward to a, yeah. to, a, to what's going to happen eventually. They did that. They I never explained no it. They yeah. didn't explain it at all. I was just super confused. I was like, what in the world is happening? Why are there Superman Nazis? Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, that's exactly. Perfect and that, that was just that was just shameless fan service there for the people who did know. Almost, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and if we had that context, then it would have been a brilliant creative move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, they just tried to do foreshadowing and they tried way too hard there. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it'll be good when we look back if those movies ever get made if they don't lose <laughs> funding. Yeah. The 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 last two DC movies have been narrative disasters. Absolutely. Narrative disasters. They do not know how to tell a coherent or cohesive story. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. The one way I would kind of use to describe the DCEU, which, again, horrible name for a cinematic universe. Um, but <laughs> one way I would use to describe it is they're based on Zack Snyder's directing style. That's the problem. Honestly, in my opinion, that's the problem. Because Zack Snyder is a visual director. He kind of pushes story to the wayside sometimes for the sake of cool-looking visuals. And the problem is their entire universe, their entire cinematic universe is based on that. So it's no wonder that the main problems with the movies are they don't know how to tell a coherent story. That's just... It's a product of their quote-unquote founder. That's how it's going to happen. So do you guys agree with that? Do you guys... That sounds like the best explanation I've heard of why they're that bad. Yeah, and I want to go off what Niall said a minute ago. That that's, I think it, one of the major problems for not only the DC but also the MCU is the studio system. Um, I think, especially with the MCU, that Disney is just kind of ruining all the movies they have with the studio system. Um, Star Wars, everyone kind of had problems with that. that. Um, Pixar is starting to, you know... Put out too many sequels. Some of them aren't good. Where they had nothing but pure gold movies for years, um, and I just think Disney's getting too formulaic. They're just—they found they're like, oh, this makes money, and they mm-hmm. keep doing it, and they just keep pressing the button until it stops making money. But that doesn't pressing a button doesn't make a good movie. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, that's fair. I I don't know if I agree with that. I agree with it to an extent. I think you definitely have a point. Maybe a little bit with the Pixar even. Um, with some of their sequels, because I'm not the biggest Finding Dory fan. Um, shoot me, I don't care. Um, and I get where you're coming from, even with the MCU sometimes, because it's almost like they take a great director who has a unique style, and they want to kind of keep their style, but trim it down a little bit. And I get that. Um, I think the big, the best example of that maybe is Maybe Peyton Reed? I don't know, like, with Ant-Man, because he, he's a good comedic director, and it's almost like it was just a formulaic movie. And I still think that movie's okay, but... Um, I know Joss Whedon is... Joss Whedon movie too. He, I think he made what he wanted, but still, like, he has such an amazing voice, like, with mm-hmm. UC Firefly or something, but and then yes, it just yes. didn't come out at all in the Avengers. I think the counter-argument for, with the MCU is, um, is James Gunn, though. James Gunn has complete autonomy, it seems like, with that movie and with those movies, and I cannot wait for Guardians to. All right, but we're looking back into MCU talk. Uh, Jesse, do you have any thoughts? Um, I can somewhat agree with the um, what was said about act, or, um, 
I don't remember. I was going to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to connect back to something, yeah. but um, uh, I was going to say something about uh, acting uh-huh. in the DC universe. We yes, talked about yeah. uh, Jared talked earlier a little bit about um, some holes in the acting in the Marvel universe, which I can kind of see. Like I don't completely agree with that, but I can definitely see it here and there. But um, in the DC universe, they can't even rely on that. They have some really good actors for the most part. Like Ben Affleck, as much mm-hmm. as I didn't like Batman vs. Superman, Ben Affleck was a good Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Gal Gadot. Yeah, Gal Gadot, thank you. I couldn't remember her name. I was about to ask you. Mm-hmm. As Wonder Woman, I don't like... Uh, Henry Cavill. Thank you. Henry Cavill. Yeah. Uh, I, the, Carlos has a poster of from Batman vs. Superman <laughs> hanging up in our room, and I hung a piece of paper purposefully over Henry Cavill's face. <laughs> it's just... It's to me. Um, but, uh, They're wasting Amy Adams. Wait, hey, oh my! That is one of the most frustrating aspects of that universe is the complete waste of Amy Adams. J- J- even Jesse Eisenberg, I was so doubtful about him playing Lex, and he did a great job playing it. It was a, not a good execution of the character. It was a waste of the character of Lex Luthor, but he he played it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I heard okay. someone the other day say that they didn't really, they weren't too sure about Arrival because they didn't really like Amy Adams because they had been influenced by Man of so, Steel and stuff. Amy Adams is so talented. I know, <laughs> and, and and yeah, I agree. Though I was really excited about Jesse Eisenberg. Um, I didn't again. I didn't see the movie, but I thought he would. And Ben Affleck looked pretty good too. Yeah, Ben Affleck was good. Um, I thought, yeah, Ben Affleck's Batman was honestly like a lot of people had complaints about how he played it and the fact that he killed people, but I honestly had no issue. That's with more it. with the writing, anyway. Yeah, but. I don't, I don't like yeah, how he killed people. Really ben Affleck, but I, I mean, I didn't have any problem with that. It was just like yeah. the main plot just had so much complexity and it didn't hold up. And, yeah. and even Suicide Squad, because go back, honestly, go back, and this is a little bit self-promotional. Go back and listen to our spoilers review of Suicide Squad. Like, you don't even... Because you're not going to see the movie, so don't worry about us spoiling it. But go back and listen to our spoilers review of Suicide Squad. We list character after character and performance after performance. We're like, that was a great performance. I really like that character. But the problem is, like, every single performance, almost, you could say that. Except for the Joker, because we didn't get enough of him. But... Every well, single 45 per- minutes of thrown away footage, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I know. But every single performance, you could say that. But then the problem is they're surrounded by a completely, just a, a crap story and a messed up, jumbled narrative. It's just, it was, it's so frustrating because there's, so, like you said, you, you have great visuals because, like we said, Zack Snyder. And you have pretty good performances for the most part. We have our issues here and there. And... Great characters, even, but they're surrounded by a garbage story, and it's just so frustrating. Just um, wait, Christopher Nolan, to make just science <laughs> on every single DC movie. <laughs> Jared wouldn't be against that. Yeah, actually, I, I want him to go do other bigger things. Okay, He's past, honestly, what the DCU honestly needs, I feel like they, if they recruited J.J. Abrams to kind of head their storytelling department. <laughs> Mm, it could work. Yeah. All right. Let's kind of transition. I would here. love that actually. Let's transition here. I know I'm. I watch the most DC TV and superhero TV in general out of anybody on this panel, and that's fair. 
Jared, you've watched a few here and there with me because we were roommates last year. Jesse watches The Flash, um, and that's pretty much it. Again, you've watched a few here and there because of me. Um, Niall, you've watched a little bit here and there, but not too much of DC TV. Um, you watched the first season of Supergirl for the most part and did not like it, and I think that's fair. Um, so I, I don't even want to basic, I don't even want to really go into DC TV. I want to kind of loop it back to a conversation we we're having earlier about Marvel movies. Um, and this can apply to superhero TV in general. Should, it, it's hard because we have these things that are surface level entertaining and they're superhero, it's fun, and we enjoy it. But should we hold them hold their feet to the fire almost and say, we want better. We want great films. We want great TV television. Should we require more of these movies and, and these shows? Because I th I decided that I'm almost guilty of this. And I don't even know if I care that I'm guilty of this because I'm like, it's just a superhero show. I'm fine with it. It's fun. And I don't require more of them. It's, and it's really frustrating sometimes because I'm like, I want these to re be respected almost, but at the same time, I'm like, but I'm not asking any more of them. I'm still watching these shows. Um, like, why don't we get any Fargo or Sopranos or, like, great, the best TV shows of all time? Why don't we get that quality of superhero TV? Or why don't we get, too often, the Dark Knight trilogy? Great films that are also superhero movies. Why don't we get that anymore? And should we require... Or should we be asking more of the create the creators behind all this? Yeah, I think that the main point is, part the main reason of that is because people are just going to these films, yeah. and it, it, they're never going to get better unless people stop going. Mm -hmm. As long as people going, Marvel's still going to push the button mm -hmm. because it's just it's making money. Um, the only way that they're going to get better is when people say, hey, these are all crap, let's not go see them. And Marvel's going to be like, oh, we, can, we should probably fix these then. Yeah, but it's almost, it's frustrating because they're not crap. Like, I know that's how you would describe but most people even wouldn't say they're not, they're bad. Most people would say, they're fine. But some people are saying, we want more. And the problem is, it's almost like it's not enough for them to just be weak. It's almost like people need them to hit a wall and get really bad before they're like, no, I'm not going to go see this garbage anymore. So, I, I don't know. Now, what do you think? Um, yeah, for me, I don't know. I think that, that, that that's a really good idea. And I, I think that's a, that's a very, that's a, that's a good question. But for me... I mean, you think about it like any 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 genre. Like you 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 think of it like when are we gonna get a horror movie that's just an ex extravagant film, or when are we gonna get a drama we movie? We had one this year, The Witch. Film. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I and trust me, I'm not a horror. If I watch one horror movie, I'm not going to bed for the next ten days. <laughs> but oh, that's just my thing. But it's just like we. You you ask I mean with the frequency that they put out these movies they're not putting them out to make works of art they're just I putting know. them out to make movies build build their universe they're not really putting them out like the Nolan movies the first one at least they kind of came out before all the superhero you know before the superhero rush began you know mm -hmm. to put out as many superhero movies as you can the the Nolan movies kind of came out almost what almost twelve years ago now so it's two thousand five. Something? Uh yeah, when was the last one? Two thousand and ten. It was it was a while ago. Yeah. 
They came out a while ago, yeah. and I mean, they they came out at a time where they're just like, let's make, hey, let's let's make a good Batman movie rather than, hey, we have a superhero movie. Let's okay, now now it's Batman's turn to be a superhero. You know what I mean? It's it. it I feel like it's 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 different because they they approached it differently. For Marvel, it's just like, all right, the next superhero, the next superhero, the next superhero. What's that next comic we can just implement? It's almost a chain of movies. Yeah. I don't think that you should expect anything better mm-hmm. I just think we should i i'm just i just i just want less frequency okay. and i feel like even if you have less frequency and if you you dedicate more time to making a better story then you could potentially have that over the top amazing film in the future but just if they're coming out as quick as they can that's never going to happen Mm-hmm. Okay, Jesse, I'm really interested to hear your point of view because you you basically said this entire time that your line is like, does it entertain me? So I'm interested to see where do you come down on this question, like should we should we be requiring more of them when you just want to be entertained? Well, I've been thinking while we've been talking, or mm-hmm. you guys have been talking, and I've come to the conclusion, I think, that I hold a higher bar for the TV shows than I do the movies. That's movies are uh, what a two, three-hour investment, while a TV show can be upwards of 12, 13 hours for a season. And uh, I remember when the first season of Daredevil came out, I was amazed at the quality and so like good. the the way the design of the sets, the costume design, the progression of the story. It all fit, fit. It all <laughs> fit very very well and it connected into the Marvel Universe not obviously but through these subtle ways through conversation it wasn't mm-hmm. forced upon us but you had to actually listen and notice it but it still connected in and it was just a great TV show uh, about a superhero to me I agree uh, and the same with the second season mm-hmm. Uh Meanwhile, for me, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage just weren't. I disagree about Jessica Jones, but I I'm, agree with Luke Cage. I'm not a big fan of Jessica Jones. I don't know why. Me. I'm just not. Uh, but Luke Cage, yeah, Luke Cage was a kind of a superhero show to begin with. Yeah. And then they they put in some good elements. I, I haven't seen the whole season, but like especially his origin episode mm-hmm. was really good to me. Because it was... Just a story where he happened to obtain superpowers. Yeah. And instead instead of the rest of the season where it's about him having superpowers and trying to improve what's around him with the typical Netflix dark vibe. So to me, and to me, it's like I hold the TV shows to a higher standard than I do the movies just because I expect more of a story from them. They don't mm-hmm. have to fit all of these elements into such a small time constraint. They have more time to play with, so they should make the most out of it. Yeah, I I think the Netflix shows are definitely the best quality of any superhero shows on TV. Um, I am a defender of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I would even say, like, the Netflix shows in general, I mean, Luke Cage, it's it's fine. It's not, but it's, it's just not as good as the other three seasons of the other shows. Um... Would you guys agree with the Netflix shows? They're kind of the bar right now. They are the best quality of TV. Yeah, I think that you can't... Every other show right now is being compared to those Netflix shows just because it wasn't just one show. Netflix Mm -hmm. has now produced four seasons of shows. And yeah, Luke Cage is kind of mad, but the other three are, in my opinion, are amazing. 
shows, some of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. when I list like my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, and so when you go from Daredevil, which is just an incredible TV show, to like looking at Arrow. Flash or Arrow yeah. or Supergirl, it's just like, oh, why am I watching this when yeah. I, I could be watching Daredevil? Yeah, it's it's almost like watching. It's almost like deciding. All right, I'm gonna watch The Dark Knight, and then right after, like, I'm gonna watch Ant Man. It's like it's hard to. You're you're sitting there going, man, why, we we can get so much better, and then you almost by comparison you start to require more of the other one. Um, so maybe that'll feed into it. The more Netflix kind of produces stuff, the more people will go. Man, maybe Arrow isn't that good. <laughs> you know? I, I, I don't know. Niall, I know you have almost... You kind of have passionate feelings on these shows and how, their quality. So what are your thoughts on this issue? Um, I just... I just think they're way too low budget to be all right, and at least not the Netflix ones, but the but the but the TV ones, especially the CW ones, they're just so low budget and too low quality to like be proper superhero shows, you know. The, the um, main the, what, where all their budget goes is their moving camera. The camera never stops moving. <laughs> that's true. Any of their shows. It's so true. <laughs> um, it, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I I agree. I think. It's fine. It's just I, I am almost. I'm to the point where I'm just like, yeah, it's entertaining, but I, I kind of want more from them. I really do. Um, and it'll be interesting to see because as bad as season even three and four of Arrow were, there's still people that defend it. And I just it frustrates the crap out of me because it's not good, people, and it's just so frustrating. Um, but here I am. I, I don't know. I watch it almost because I have to for this, but it, it's just it's. But I do think there's good quality, because the first season of Flash is one of my favorites. It's so good. Um, And I'm not even saying quality-wise. The story is where it thrives. Um, Cinematography-wise, it's a different discussion. But I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting topic. Um, One last kind of question that I want to kind of ask you guys, and then we'll wrap up this whole discussion. And this goes back to uh, great films that are superhero that are superhero movies or superhero related. What can, what in your opinion are superhero movies that can also be considered just great films? And it's not like they're good superhero movies, but they're great films that happen to be superhero movies. Jared, let's start with you. First of all, Dark Knight trilogy. Let's Fair talk enough. about that on a different realm. Okay. I think, I think there's some of, uh, I consider The Dark Knight one yeah. of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like a great, not just because of the superhero, but it's like a great crime thriller. Um, I think Iron Man 1 is very well, for, especially for the time it came out. It came out um, while we were still in Afghanistan, and mm-hmm. it really played into that realism. It mm-hmm. was like, whoa, this could actually happen. This is something that is just so real. Um, it just seems so... Especially when I watched it the first time, I was like, that could actually happen. He could just build a robot suit and like, get himself out of it. Um, and it just seemed so realistic, and that's what made it so real for me. And um, only later is when it got kind of fake and cheesy. Um, and I like I like the, the couple um, X-Men ones that I mentioned, and then the only other two for me that I really love are the uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are great films. I love Tobey Maguire. I hate Andrew Garfield. Oh, jeez. Anytime <laughs> someone tries to argue that, I will argue Tobey Maguire to the death. I love that whole 
those two movies. I don't even mind the third one. It's it's not great, mm. but like I'll watch I it. Scream it. <laughs> I will watch Jared, it. Me and you were gonna have an ex- a discussion about this. One. I love those first two movies, and I think they are great movies. Um, I think just like every aspect of them, I think the characters are well written. The cinematography is good. Um, it's just a great story. Um, Niall, would you add any into that list? Um, I would venture off to say the Guardian. I, I would venture off to say Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> you know, I'd support that. Yeah, I. It, it was just for me. It was just. I don't. I, I wouldn't put it at an Oscar quality movie, yeah. right? But for me, that was just it was it was such a great change of pace from regular Marvel movies, and it was so much fun, and it had so many characters, and it was such a beautiful film, and 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 on top of it all, it was hilarious, and it was really just kind of Chris Pratt blooming into the star that he is today. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it it had everything for me. That was one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, and I, again, I think it kind of goes back to the freedom that James Gunn had in those in that movie, and. Again, cannot wait for Guardians 2. Um, I would specifically, I know you kind of mentioned the X-Men movies that we talked about before. I would specifically just re-emphasize Days of Future Past for me is just incredible. It is fantastic. I, I didn't have a top 10 list of that year, but it would have been pretty dang close, honestly. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, Jesse, would you add any into that list? <laughs> I don't think so. You no. guys have kind of... Covered it yeah. so well. Silver Surfer? <laughs> oh, I, I, don't like I, I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't really have much to add. Uh, yeah. Believe it or Star, not, I think... Star Wars. You don't get much, you don't get much more uh, super than having the Force. Sure. <laughs> well, think... Do those count as superhero movies? That'd be a fun discussion. No, they don't. <laughs> one superhero movie that we are forgetting that is one of the best movies of all time, The Incredibles. Oh, that's a good call. That, oh, is, yeah. that is in my top ten movies of all time, actually. Wow, jeez. Really? Wow. Tim Burton's Batman? Oh, that's a... Yeah, that's in my top ten, actually, and I, I would agree with that. I think the first Batman, not not the second one, but the first one is great. Um, yeah, and I think if you were to expand it to comic book related stuff, you would have an even bigger discussion because we expressed our opinions of V for Vendetta the other day, and I honestly, I think it's one of the best films of all time. So, yeah, okay, but that's it. That. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, anyway... So that this has been our man, this was a good discussion and it went even longer than I was expecting it to. Um we will still have our Rebels recap, but we will be saying goodbye to Jared because he does not watch Rebels. So Jared, um where can people find you? I know you have some uh short films that you've made. Where can people find those? What's going on with you? Tell the people. My Instagram is Taco Freak Two, the classic name. Um on YouTube, I am Chicken Films. Sweet. That's my uh, old YouTube. Yeah. So. Is that where all your short films are too? Um, my more professional, the Chicken Films is more of my stupid work. Mm-hmm. Um, is what I like yeah. to call it, and then my more <laughs> professional is uh, Golden Hour Visuals on it, uh, Vimeo. Sweet, yeah. sweet. I really loved that um, short film that you did um, with Manuel. That that was fantastic. I really did love that. Thank you. So, um, yeah, it was great having you on, and now we will continue on to our Rebels recap. Bye, fam.
Alright, so now we're here to talk about Rebels, do a episode recap, and talk about Season 3 so far. Uh, here, still, this is Jesse with Carlos and Niall, still moving off of our superhero discussion. Yep, I'm excited to talk about the season as a whole. The episode? But the season is over. I have thoughts about the episode. <laughs> now, are you ready to re- recap this thing? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so basically this episode started out with them responding to a distress signal, I think, or going on a mission uh, where they're taking this the uh, protectorate, the Mandalorian protectorate guy that they took captive last season out on a mission to help them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, and they, they go there, discover that all of the uh, Concord Dawn Protectorate is just completely destroyed by the Empire. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not good. But obviously, a, a whole group of people are being knocked out by the Empire, and then we find out that it was actually other Mandalorians that did that. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, I don't know. The episode as a whole was just... Okay, like, I, I I was interested in the Mandalore stuff, and um, the Sabine, Sabine is always interested to learn more about her, but overall, it was a fine episode. Um, the, the story with them going um, with the different factions and them being, I don't know, it's just okay. What do you think now? Um, I don't know, it explains, it gives you a little more detail on how Mandalore works. Mm-hmm. You- you you saw a little bit of it from the uh, the Clone Wars series, and it doesn't really explain much. Um, but they seem to be kind of an important planet, so it's it's nice to see a little bit of stuff going on there. Um, I think the just the biggest plot point was the fact that there were a certain Mandalorian section that was working with the Empire, and that could potentially lead to uh, definitely will most likely lead to future conflicts. I think it's just kind of more building on on a future plotline that's going to be nice. It, 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 the episode wasn't all that fantastic. Yeah, this episode mainly built on Mandalorian politics and a little bit on Sabine's background. Even in Legends, Mandalore has always been a really complex place because back in, in Legends, it wasn't settled by a race called Mandalorians, but a conglomeration of warriors that called themselves Mandalorians. And uh, this episode had some good nods to Legends. Like, even the name of the episode was uh, Imperial Super Commandos. And that's uh, there were Super Commandos in uh, Legends material. But the uh, the roles were kind of reversed back then. The, uh, the Super Commandos fought uh, to preserve Mandalore while there was a different faction that... Uh, fought to just gain their own honor and stuff, and in this case, it was reversed. The Concord, the the uh, Protectorate, where uh, and which all that's left is that one guy. I, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, the prisoner. Yeah, yeah I, I'll look it up in a second. Um. Anyway, he uh, he's basically all that's left of them now that was fighting to preserve the traditions of Mandalore. Uh, Finn Rao, thank you, Carlos, mm-hmm. and uh, and he kind of pointed towards Sabine. We now know that Sabine's mom is supposedly part of that um, Imperial Mandalorian faction, which are leftovers from Death Watch, which you might remember from Clone Wars, followed uh, Darth Maul for a while. Yeah, I, like I said, the the Mandalore stuff is interesting. It's just. It didn't advance the plot in any way, so that's why it kind of frustrates me, and that's the discussion we can get into with this season as a whole. Yeah. 
But like I said, this, this story is fine. Um, with Ezra, that he was kind of wasting this episode, in my opinion. He like, was he there, do, but he didn't, he didn't really do much. much. Yeah. So that that was a frustrating aspect. Um, do you, do you want to? I don't know. Like, is there anything else in this episode in particular that we want to get to, or you want to just start talking about the season? Uh, I don't have anything specific, honestly. This episode would have been a good standalone episode if we had not had have not had so many standalone episodes leading up to this. Yeah. Um, now, do you have anything else in particular with this episode, or you want to get to the season? Um, Mandalorians are basically Spartans in space, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, accurate. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so, you want to start talking about the season then? Yeah. So. Uh, Honestly, you guys might remember back when uh, we first started doing this for the season. Um, I was super excited because we were getting Thrawn. We were getting uh, some new Force stuff going on, and I thought it was going to be a really good, fast-paced season. Mm -hmm. But so far, we've had very little build on the overall plot. This episode included. Like like I said, uh, this episode would have been – it was okay. Mm-hmm. But it would have been better if we had not had so many of these little standalone, isolated episodes mm-hmm. before that. We don't have much moving forward in the plot with Grand Admiral Thrawn or the Dark Troopers or anything, really. Yeah. It's almost because I think the, the way they feel like they have to do it is they need to have one episode that focuses on one character and their story arc. And it's almost like there has to be a better way to kind of interweave some story arcs and make us feel like we're getting somewhere instead of just doing one story one person's story at a time like the week before this we had rex right that yep. was the rex episode yep. then this week before we had was... what the week sorry the week before that was hera and exactly yeah. but e- the hera one i liked uh, if a little more because we did get thrawn you, you know they they were able yeah. to incorporate different and different kind of things that were bigger because of kind of Harris stature almost. Um, I really, I, I understand how they're using Thrawn and I'm not mad about that at all because I think they have to use Thrawn like that because if he's like a weekly, like he's always going after them, then it, it would kind of devalue him as a villain if he could yeah. never catch them. I agree. Um, or seemingly could never catch them. I, Cause I know you could say that he is not really wanting to catch them yet, but if it's every week, it would kind of get like, all right, come on, is he really that good? There are so many things they showed us in the preview yeah. of the season that we haven't really gotten much of yet. We saw a little bit of the Bindu. Yeah. There are the um, the droid-like dark trooper things. Mm-hmm. If you played the uh, Jedi Knight series, you'll kind of know what those are. Um, uh, there, And then there's th- that whole the uh, green... Uh, Fog force steel, like yeah. we used to see with the Night Sisters, that was kind of looked like it was possessing some of the crew. We mm-hmm. haven't seen any of that. The Sith holocron, <laughs> what happened to that thing? Like it, it just kind of it's true. It's kind of fizzled <laughs> out. We've forgotten about it. Like, I, is it still a big deal? You're right. I not? completely forgot that they still have that. Like, I, I don't know. That's weird. Um, but you're and right. They, and- Go ahead now. Sorry, I mean, I that I feel like that would have been a much cooler way to send the season off. You know, at the very first episode, you, they teased Darth Maul looking for Obi Wan, and and you the, you know you had you had Ezra seeing a bunch of random planets. I feel like they could have like maybe maybe built more into Darth Maul trying to hunt Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I don't know. It's almost. Do you think that might be set up for an Obi Wan movie? Maybe I don't know. It's. 
That's or even a book. I don't know. They could be setting up for that, but I, I, I it's frustrating because, like you said, it started off really well with a um, couple episodes, like almost in a row, where we had like really interesting stuff with Ezra, and we're developing his kind of his flirtation with the dark side, you know, and uh, his tendencies get, getting, there, getting materials for the rebellion, get, yeah. capturing Y wings, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like it, it was yeah. going really well, and then. It's like we've just gotten to this standstill. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's almost like the same thing happened last year, and that's what I was afraid of with this season when we got that awesome trailer to start it off. Because the same thing happened last year where we had it, got a great trailer, and then everything was either in the premiere or the finale. Yeah. Everything in between was just filler. And it's like, you can't do that to us, especially if you're going to make seasons 22 episodes long, which they are now. That's ridiculous. I really liked the shorter first season. I, I still think this is a good show, be, but I just, I want more in between. I can't just have great premiere, a great premiere and a great finale or in a great mid-season premiere and then just okay and little adventures in, in between. That was my problem with Clone Wars, for right, crying out loud. Right now, a lot of what they're doing is, it seems like, are they giving nods and bringing into the canon things from Legends, which is awesome. I love that because I have a connection to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we have to progress the plot. like, And there are answers that we still don't have. Like, Well, for me, I know that Ahsoka is dead. Mm-hmm. But there is that whole community out there on the internet that doesn't think she's dead yet because... Her to be alive. <laughs> that Yeah, they want her to be alive. And people say that she still is because she was Dave Filoni's biggest, best character, his favorite character. But, I mean, we, we don't know that for sure yet. We need confirmation for sure of whether or not she's dead. Yeah, uh... I do like that they keep kind of almost introducing new members of the rebellion. Like, you do get somewhat of a sense that it's this movement is growing. Like, we now we have, from this past episode, we have a Mandalorian join them, right? We had Wedge and Tilly's. Yeah, we had Wedge join them. Um, we, we did have some episodes earlier on when they were getting materials, like you were saying. Um, so I do like that they're still growing. It just doesn't feel like... As big as it should feel. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Um, Niall, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, not much. Honestly, on the same page, I just feel like they need to kind of advance the just more the growing of the rebellion. I feel like yeah. they need to find a more permanent base. I think they need to start like you need to start seeing the fact that the fleet is getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And I feel like they need to start teasing the Death Star a little bit. Ooh, that's an interesting call. I, I am really hopeful that things will start to ramp up as we get closer to the re- release of Rogue One. And I am also very hopeful that maybe, maybe, because I know we're going to have a great mid-season finale. Always do. It's just, that's something we can consistently count on a premiere, mid-season, and finale. But maybe we'll get a little bit more of a build-up this time of like a couple of episodes where it's like, oh, this is getting good, this is getting good, and then have that big season finale instead of just have it drop. I don't know. And maybe they're strategically doing this. Maybe, maybe they are wanting to get us kind of dead a little bit right now so that their build is even bigger, but I seriously doubt it, and yeah. it's not a good strategy. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's my biggest issues with... It was one of my biggest issues with... Um, 
Clone Wars, and yeah. I know you would disagree with me in that. Oh no, I mean I I love Clone Wars, but there are still like there's so many episodes that I remembered. I was like, I just want this to get over with, and <laughs> go on to the next story arc. Yeah, um, so it's interesting, and I think that's an overall bigger problem with like longer form television in general. CW has the same amount of episodes with their shows as well, and I think shorter episode or shorter kind of. Uh, Running shorter running seasons are better. We we saw an example of like one of those filler episodes for Supernatural right before we came in here tonight. That's true. That was yeah. <laughs> filler. Yep. It's true. All right. Um. Is is that all we got for Rebels? So we guys. Oh, I got. Uh, any predictions for what's coming coming up? Death Star. Death Star. Uh, Thrawn, Death Troopers, and hopefully some kind of new Green Force stuff. From like kind of like the old stuff we got from Clone Wars. I am gonna say that Catalyst comes out when in a couple. Uh, Catalyst comes out on the fifteenth. So in about less than a week, so four days, something like that. Yep. By the time we're when we're recording this, so I am gonna say that maybe a couple weeks or a month or so after Catalyst comes out, we are gonna get a Rogue One character in the show. We're gonna get someone that. Saw Guerrera? Maybe. Ooh, I, I feel that would be the best fit. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting a Rogue One character in the show. Just to kind of start the build towards Rogue One. And it, it fits. And they've acknowledged that it fits. So I think we got to see some fruits of that pretty soon. So that's what I got. I agree. All right, so that was our Rogue... Or no, Rogue One. I say that every time. You do, you do. I our do. Rebels Recap. Yes, Rebels Recap. And Jeez. Season Discussion. And Season Discussion, yep. And um, th- this is also basically the end of our episode. We're going to do recommendations as yes. well. Oh, um, yeah, I almost forgot about that. Ozzy's not here to remind me, so it's throwing me off. But my recommendation, I will start off and give the other two some time to think about it if they have not thought of one yet. Uh, my recommendation is going to be American Horror Story this season, which is Roanoke. Um, this show took a completely, un- just such a unique direction this season. And it's so different than the rest of them. And it, look, we, anybody who's ever watched American Horror Story knows that this show is weird to begin with. It's just a weird show. This took it to a whole other level, and it is absolutely brilliant. It's one of the most creative ways I've ever seen a show tell a story, period. It's that, it's crazy. Um, if there's ever, I don't even know, I don't know if this is the season for you to start, start with, but. It's the season I started with. And you're good? I, I enjoy it. Alright, alright, fair enough. So, I, I, Jesse says that it's okay to start with, so I would say go for it. Start this season. Uh, there's one episode left, so if you want to binge the crap out of them before the season finale, go for it. But it, it is crazy. It's ten episodes. So I know it, the, se- the season is going to feel like it ends multiple times at like the episode five mark, at the episode eight mark, at the episode nine mark is going to feel like it ends. But there's ten episodes, so keep watching. But anyway, um, Jesse, do you have a recommendation? Uh, my recommendation, I'm going to give two. Mentioned it a little bit before, is The Crown on Netflix. Fantastic series. Yep. Uh, great historical uh, drama going on here. Really great storytelling and acting in this. Uh, number two is Carlos finally got me to see it. Sing Street. Great movie. Great music. Yes. Just, you have to check it out. Oh, it's so good. And it's on Netflix now. No more excuses. It is on Netflix. Don't have to pay. <laughs> um, Niall, do you have a recommendation? 
Um, yeah, okay, tell you what. If you're into anime, <laughs> I highly suggest the Magi series. It's um, They just put out a couple months ago the newest one on Sinbad. It's all on Netflix. There's three different series. Highly recommend. And I just watched this, not particularly legally, but if you get a chance to, watch Hamilton the Musical. It's glorious. All right. Fair enough. Um, we are actually considering, Ozzy and I are considering having like an anime episode, which it'll be interesting considering Ozzy and I don't watch anime. So, <laughs> I don't know. It could be Most an, of your friends do. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it could be interesting. So, that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, and then also, we are also considering having maybe some sort of American Horror Story discussion after this season wraps up. So, keep your eye out for that as well. Um, and then also, final note before we do social media. Um... There is a poll on my Twitter page, at Cherry456. Vote on that poll. Um, it will be over by Sunday afternoon, I believe. That's when the Vote poll... Lost. That's when the poll closes. It is, what should I watch next? Should I watch Lost? Yes. Or should I watch The Wire? Um, wow. It is currently neck and neck, and there are about 55, 56 votes on there, so keep voting. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, yeah, so, Jesse, let's start with you. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Colonel Swink, same on Instagram. Uh, you can email me at jesse.swink at screenfellows.com with any ideas or suggestions you want for, uh, Star Wars or just random nerdy stuff you want on here on the podcast or on video. And just to give a heads up, for all of those of you that are excited about Catalyst, Ahsoka, Lords of the Sith, all of those Star Wars books that have come out that you don't have time to read, I've done the reading for you, and I'm thinking about coming out with a video series. So give me some feedback if you want to hear the big aspects of those books coming soon. Definitely. Niall, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nahel Nas for all your daily dose of me, and on Instagram at Nahel214. All right, sweet. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. Make sure you follow us, uh, the Screenfellows team, at Screenfellows on Twitter, Instagram, at Facebook, and the YouTube channel as well. So we are all over the place. No way you can miss us. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Leave us ratings and reviews. Those will help us out a lot. And also make sure you, again, subscribe on the YouTube channel because, again, that helps us out a lot. So thank you guys for joining us. This has been a great long episode. Thanks for sticking all the way through. Um, so, and thank you, Niall, for being on. Thank you, Justin, for being on. And thank you, Jared, for being on before. Guys, this is Springfellas. Fellas.